0: Hey guys, this is Doug Fletcher. <laughs> Welcome back to What's the Hazard. I am sitting here with my buddy Aaron Sarone, which means it's uh, the last Friday of the month. It's Leadership Discussion Day. Yeah, and we skipped a month, so we're we did skip We're, we're, over we're kind of off, man. Yeah, we. I, think I we mean, were, we're off. There's no yeah. doubt. <laughs> <laughs> we were we were the first Friday of the month last month, and so we are catching up. Yep. So we're back on schedule. It is um, February twenty sixth, Friday, nine a.m. So. I think that you can anticipate this improving as the caffeine starts to pulse through our veins. Because I'm just (laughs) getting mine started here, man. So, no, it's actually a beautiful day here in Omaha, Nebraska. The sun is shining. It is warming up. We're coming out of that deep freeze, and so things are looking good. I I hope you had a good week. Um, I heard from a few of my clients, you know, some of them are struggling with some challenges, some incidents that... um, Unfortunately, took place, and so I realize some of you are dealing with some of that stuff, and I don't mean to make light of that, but um, hopefully, you had a decent week. We're moving forward and uh, going into a good weekend. First of all, I'd like to thank my sponsors, as always CCS Group, Custom Concrete Specialists, Cheyenne, Josh, and all the folks at CCS. Thank you guys. Your support is much appreciated. The Nebraska Department of Labor On Site Consultation Group, Jim Cover, and all the consultants down in uh, Lincoln. Well, I guess, all over the state. Thank you, Jim. Um, it is leadership discussion day, man. So, um, how are things going?
1: Good, good. I mean, am I in good, man?
0: How, uh, I don't mean to put you on the spot here, but uh, what does the future look like? I know you're uh, an instructor over at the university. Yeah. And uh, you teach these leadership classes and these types of entrepreneurial...
1: Yeah, man. I tell you what, it's pretty... <clears throat> it's fun. It's frustrating, fun, unique right now. Uh, obviously... Uh, CoVID really turned education kind of on its head a little bit and and I shouldn't say on its head it, it it sped up a lot of things that education was always trending was it inevitable towards digital and online like it was i mean I think any you got to be living in a hole to not to not realize that, and there's a lot of people seeking higher education in the non-traditional sense, like not going to the universities anymore or going on the ability to go online and go to any university you want to. You're right. not limited geographically anymore. Right. Um, which is kind of cool, actually. That is like cool. If, if I want to go to the University of Miami, I can now. Mm-hmm. Sitting here in Omaha, like mm-hmm. it is what it, I mean, I don't know why you do that and not want to go to Miami. You know, but that's <laughs> interesting you say that. So
0: my son goes to Regis University out in Denver, and his roommate attends the University of Nebraska online. Yeah. Yeah. But lives in Denver. So
1: I, I what what's very cool and unique about that is now you can seek out like sometimes you're limited by, you know, you're interested in a particular subject area, but that school doesn't offer a degree program in that area. So now you gotta go, okay, I either have to physically move and find a university that does that, or now you can literally find it easily online. And I, and I think it's even going a step further and you know, obviously someone who works for a university probably shouldn't say this, but there's so much open source free information out there mm-hmm. that you can find college-level lectures, keynote lectures on anything you want to find anymore and get very educated for zero mm-hmm. dollars. Now, you don't have the piece of paper to go with it, and I understand there's value in that, and, mm-hmm. and people want to see the piece there's still of paper. still this value in
0: that, isn't there? I mean, well, to I, some degree. I
1: think it is. I think it's just a check in the box anymore. You know, it's like when we were growing up, it was get your high school diploma so you can get a job. right, And then... You know, through the 80s and 90s, it became get your bachelor's degree so you can get a job. Now mm-hmm. it's kind of like, well, it, every swing and you know what has a bachelor's mm-hmm. degree, mm-hmm. even a master's degree. So, yeah. you know, the business of education has kind of watered it down because now they're just a dime a dozen. So uh, I don't want to say there's less meaning in having a degree, but but there is, right? It's mm-hmm. just you're, you're, Probably. F- you're a fool to think otherwise, right? Just because it's, you know, it, it, it's like um, when I teach operations, we have what's called winners and qualifiers, right? So a, a qualifier in business is just the basic things you have to have to survive in that industry. Okay. And the winners are what separate you from everybody else, right? Well, for the longest time, having a degree was the winner. Well, that's just now the qualifier, right? And, right, and as right. business goes, someone raises the bar, everybody else catches up. Somebody raises the mm-hmm. bar. So winners always become qualifiers eventually because everybody copies and catches up. Yeah, you have to, makes right? Sense. Absolutely. It's an arms race. So um that that's happened in education right it's like we, when you when you look at job descriptions it's like well everybody has a degree so I got to find other ways to now if I'm hiring to separate people out because everybody has a degree mm-hmm. okay well we will look for people with master's degree guess what almost everybody has master's degrees yeah. right? you know, he's getting to that yeah. point right oh, yeah. so
0: I mean you can literally have as many degrees as you want I mean right qu- certifications degrees they well, are so easily attainable now. To your it's point like, right
1: there, now certifications are becoming ways to separate yourself. You know, it's like you got to get your degrees, and now you got to get all these certifications to now separate out. Um, kind of like the work safely certification yeah, we're coming absolutely. out with, right? Yeah.
0: <laughs> Which will actually have some value. Yeah, you know, um, at least we will know that you have gone through some uh, valuable sure. curriculum.
1: And then you know, the other piece of it is not to belabor this conversation is like I just said. Now you have so much open source information, and people giving out free information, free, free education, free courses. Um, so, so now that system's even being stressed because now you have people going, well, I can get educated for free. Mm-hmm. I don't have the piece of paper, but I can, I can show you I know what I'm talking about and I can prove my worth on the job site uh, with, that I've mm-hmm. developed the skill set. So now you got, you got that now contesting with it and, and stressing the system. So, was, so now you got a whole pool of people out there now a lot with degrees, a lot without, but are just mm. as educated.
0: Yeah, if not more so, if because not more so
1: because now they can they can pick and choose. Yeah, what they, they want have to a lot study. more flexibility in there. They're that. not constrained by the framework that the university has set out that says you have to take these courses. Right. They can pick and choose whatever they want. They can specialize in whatever they want. If there's a particular subject area they need to bone up on, they can go find courses and and lectures and whatnot on that. Mm-hmm. So. it's very interesting it really is and and technology is what's really driven that for the most Mm -hmm. part and people willing to share information which i think is great um so yeah it's uh you know for for me being an instructor it's really unique because it's like now we're kind of like in this halfway zone like i have half my classes in person i have half online and we're kind of tiptoeing around like do we want to go full back do we want to you know, there's still that threat that we might have to pull back, right. you know, if, if these vaccines don't get out like we need them to or there's another flare up for whatever But going,
0: going forward, what are the consequences of not matriculating to a school? I mean, these, I mean, the, well, are the physical facilities eventually done for?
1: Well, here, here's I the mean, thing, like, you, that's know, a huge, you know, education, enrollments are up, which is crazy, right? Yeah. Enrollments are up. Now, I think a lot of that is enrollments are up because more people are, are going online. Um, we just did a huge expansion to Mammal Hall at UNO. And and now it's like we did this huge expansion, and we've conditioned everybody for an entire year not to come into the building. So now, Mm -hmm. right, so that's a real discussion going on. It's like, hey, we have this huge building. We just, the building was only 10 years old to begin with, and they already expanded it, almost doubling the size. And now we spent an entire year conditioning our student population to stay at home. Mm -hmm. So now it's almost like we have to recondition to get them to come back in. Wow. And to take classes in person. And, and to be honest, I, there is, as an educator, there is great value at being in person. Like, I, I can take online classes, but I'd rather be in person, right? I'd rather be in front of somebody that I can raise my hand, get the question answered right away. If something's confusing me, they can clarify it right away. Whereas online, you know, there's, there's always something lost to interpretation. You're kind of,
0: It's really self-learning at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean it's right. two dimensional too right? I mean sure. there there is a certain energy that you get in the classroom. I mm-hmm. I prefer to be taught that way. I prefer that old traditional classroom style that I mean that's at my age that's sure. all I ever really experienced. Right. And I'm more of a hands-on learner too. Mm-hmm. Right? I got to get my hands in hot stuff
1: and, and I can learn better that way me personally. I got to do it and then I'll know it forever. Right. Type of person. Right. Um I can learn from a book, don't get me wrong, and I've as I've gotten older I've appreciated reading more and more all the time. We talk about mm-hmm. this all the time. Yeah. Um, I wish I would have appreciated reading more when I was younger, and I've wasted a lot of years and a lot of books I could have had under my belt. <laughs> right. But um, Yeah, I, and I think that's across the board. And, and from the management and leadership perspective, you know, we teach. Obviously, we're a business administration college, and uh, management and leadership are, are a lot of a core of our courses. And But now you look at the business environment. It got turned on its head this last year. So now it's like how do you – teach management when management could be changing rapidly and drastically it's like how do you go from your traditional management styles to all of a sudden you're not in front of anybody wow and your team's scattered across the country everybody's working remotely from home and flexible schedules and you know work-life balance and how you're dealing with people (laughs) like so and you know i have a lot of friends um in a lot of big companies around town here and i'm always asking them you know how's it going what's the environment like uh What's uh, are they bringing people back in? Are they pushing people out? And it is all over the board I'll right bet. now. You know, if you don't don't listen to the news, like companies are struggling. You know, the, if you listen to news, it's like everybody's working from home. Everything's great. It's a new, it's Love a new it. paradigm. Yep. But you start talking to companies, it's like they are
0: struggling with trying to figure out. I bet some of to, the novelty is worn off now, and they actually have to confront some well, of these challenges. Well, it's you know
1: the novelty's worn off. Everybody's settling in now that now the real challenges are starting to show up it's like okay are you able to keep everybody productive what's work life balance like cuz you can't now they're merged right you can't you can't compartmentalize mm-hmm. cuz you're working from home and you're starting to see people like you know some people need to be around people right so you know people get depressed Being by themselves, working by themselves, not getting out of the office. There's something to be said for leaving your house and going to work. Absolutely. Right? Some people don't do well. There's too many distractions at home. Uh, You're starting to hear, you know, I don't want to say complaints, but concerns over, you know, like I said, the work-life balance because now you are you feel like you're working 24-7. People are working more hours.
0: Right. right? There is no separation. They're
1: more productive, but in reality, they're working more hours because... They'll wake up at night and flip their email, and start doing work emails when they normally wouldn't do that, right? They are literally at work all day long, 24-7. Potentially, right? So now there's there's less – yes, they can do the little things like, well, I can do laundry whenever I want. Well, that's great, but, you know, you're not paying attention, but you worked 60 hours this week, Mm -hmm. (laughs) right? That is interesting. And then they'll work on weekends now too, and and they're starting to – what they're seeing is now meetings are moving all over the place because people have kind of equated work from home with flexible schedule, well, if I can just start at 9 now, like, what's the big deal? It's like, well, because we normally had an 8 o'clock meeting, mm-hmm. right? And now um, I have a friend of mine who who's an IT guy uh, in, in a pretty big company in town, and he's like, man, now, now they're calling meetings like 6 o'clock because, well, that's the only time I could fit it into the schedule. And he's like, what are you talking about? We always worked from... 7 to 4, where's mm-hmm. a 6 o'clock meeting coming from? Well, it's, it's, a, it's a ramification of people working from home and flexible schedules. And, you know, I had, to, I had to fit in Johnny's baseball game, so, you know, we had to have the meeting at 6. It's like, well, since when does Johnny's baseball game interrupt the work day? Right. Well, it is now. It does, right? yeah. So, that's, you that's, know, so how do you, <laughs> you know, when you're teaching management, like, okay, and this is new, like, this is a new Paradigm Like, this is a, a new phenomenon out in the business world. It's not so much in areas you deal with, mm-hmm. you know, in, in manu- manufacturing, right. industry, construction, things like that, because that's still very traditional. I, I don't want to say 9 to 5, because a 9 to 5 thing has gone out the window a long time ago. But you understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. The more traditional work day, you show up, you work all day, you leave. Um, I think that's different in, in those environments. and those, uh, but even those, those are stay. probably going to change at some point or to some I, degree. I, you know, I... Obviously, I think technology will affect that, but you, you sh- you're still talking about industries where you have to have boots on the ground, hands on the job. Mm-hmm. You can't do it from home, right? Right. I need people on the site. I need people in the plant, on True. the line. yeah. So I, I, I don't see those changing near as much. Um, mm-hmm. But obviously, something like COVID throws everything on its head. But um, I, I think there's, there's influence there, right? There will be influence on, on those management styles as well.
0: Yeah. Well, let's talk about that a little bit. I've got i written a few things down that I wanted to talk about. We talk about these all the time, you know, when we're working out or when we're hanging out. So these same subjects come up, but I know that um, I've talked to a number of companies recently, and they are they're all int- they're really intrigued by the whole leadership piece. You know, I throw out there that um, you know, as a safety consultant, I can help you with your regulatory compliance issues. Your You There are certain documentation and programs you have to have, but the missing piece in all of this is this leadership component, Mm -hmm. and everybody is intrigued by that because just like you and I have discussed, it's oftentimes forgotten. It's not something that they, when they think about implementing a working safely program, it's not something that they immediately think of. And so I throw that out to them and I said, well, one of the things that we need to do is you know, meet with your leadership team and talk about some of these leadership skills. If you were, and I know we've talked about this a little bit, but if we're fashioning a leadership program, what, what kind of things do we need to include in that? If So if we're talking about these construction contractors or manufacturing facilities where they, they have a, a definitive hierarchy established, sure. what, what kind of things do we need well, to include? I think first and foremost is...
1: We we need to get the understanding that okay the safety guy is a leader, the safety guy or girl, the safety person, right? Let's be right. <laughs> is is part of the leadership team? I, I think for too long, and, and you know this as good as well as anybody, we would companies would hire a safety person to do safety. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, but that but that's wrong, right? It, it's it's asked backwards, right? The the safety person is the safety leader, right? That leads and coaches the company to work safely, yes. not to do all the safety stuff, that's right? That's exactly right. So, and, and I think that's where a lot of places have gone wrong. It's like they don't view that safety person as part of the leadership team. And, and they are and they should be to the point where that safety person's coaching even the senior leaders mm-hmm. on what working safely is and how to do it and how we got to mobilize the company and how we got to drive the company and lead the company to this mindset of working safely, and not just doing the annual safety training, throwing up some posters and then forgetting about it. Right. And that's traditionally what it was, is the yes. safety expert was always someone, hey, we hired this person, they studied industrial engineering, they studied safety, uh, they cut their teeth in OSHA, let's hire that person so we have the safety expert in the house and they can keep us in check. And it's like, oh, okay, that, that's, that's not why you have That's exactly right. It's yeah. like the head coach of a football team, right? Yeah, that person is knowledgeable in X's and O's. But that's not why the head coach is there. The head coach is there to drive the team towards success, mm-hmm. to make sure all the pieces are in place and everybody's doing what they're supposed to be doing and and making sure the O coordinators are, are doing their jobs and the players are doing their jobs. That That's what the head coach, the head a, coach a, a good is. The head coach is a leader, right? That's really a good analogy. It's a leader. The head coach is, and you see teams all the time make bad hires because, oh, this person is an expert in X's and O's. That doesn't mean they're going to be a good head coach, mm. right? Because the head coach, it's more of a leadership and management role than anything. Right. And, and I think that when you look at your, your safety expert, personally, I don't need somebody, right? Anybody that's a good leader can be the safety expert of a company. Without question. Right? Um, because that's the type of mentality and skill set that that role really needs, to be able to drive the company towards more of a working safely mindset. Yes, you need to be knowledgeable in the area. Don't get me wrong. But getting somebody who's just knowledgeable and can cite the OSHA regs inside and out and is an industrial engineer inside and out, okay, well, it makes sense. they got all the skills. they got all the accreditations. they got all the pieces of paper to be in this position. That doesn't mean they're going to get the company to be able to work.
0: Oh, that's safely. completely right. I, I totally agree. And right. I think we have done that backwards since we've actually considered safety something that we needed to address. I mean, we hire for that knowledge or that experience base or that certification or whatever, but we're not necessarily looking for leaders for that position. I mean,
1: if, if safety is a real concern in the company, like let, let's say it's a real issue, like you're having incidents more than you should be or it's something that you need to address. In my mind, if, if, it's, if it's a high priority, you should put your best manager there regardless of their background. That's a great That's where point. your best manager, your best leader should go. Yeah, that's a great point. To get it back on track. I love that idea. Because they're the one that's going to mobilize people. They know how to handle people. They know how to rally people. And they'll resonate with them. And they'll engage them. And they'll get them driving down the right path. It has nothing to do with
0: the X's and O's mm-hmm. of safety. Mm-hmm. Man, that is so astute. It's interesting because I visited a, a client this week. And they have been – it's a fairly large operation. It's kind of a light manufacturing industrial operation. They, they've never had a safety – a designated safety person. But now they are, they are looking at, you know, making a position. And so I'm talking to their senior leadership team. And, and um, with no disrespect intended, you know, they're going to pull somebody out of maintenance probably to be a safety coordinator – and, you know, that individual there will not come with leadership skills necessarily. They won't come with a – they won't be recognized by the employees in the company as being a leader. They won't it, – it's going to be – I mean, it's almost like an afterthought, it's you know. It's who's this jackass? Yeah, and I mean, in and <laughs> no matter how well-intentioned that person is or yeah. how dedicated they are to it, they're, they're not positioned in the organization to – make an impact they're going to be asking for permission for everything they're going to be looking for leadership they're going to be reporting to someone they got to establish themselves yeah to I begin mean,
1: with and they don't know the ins and outs of the company and and like you said they're going to be doing the mother may i
0: all the time yeah it's um, such a steep uphill slope that I, they're they're asking me how do we make this work and i'm thinking and i didn't even view, I didn't really envision it the way you just described it, but you can look at it and say, this is not going to be successful. Mm -hmm. But for the reason you just said, that's the person that you need in that job. If this is really important to you.
1: Yeah. It's like, you know, in, in project management, it was, I had a discussion with a friend of mine who's in construction and he was looking for, they were looking for project managers. I said, I know guys that do that. He's like, no, it has to be, you know, I I need construction people. I'm like, man, project management, project management, a good project manager can run anything, mm-hmm. right? Now, yes, there is a learning curve. You do need to learn some of the ins and outs mm-hmm. of that particular industry. But a, a good project manager, in my mind, can roll in on anything mm-hmm. and run that damn project. That's a great point. You can um, learn the technical part of it, right? But the, the the concepts and the ability to to run a team, to get information, to put people in the right place at the right time. Um, I, I and this is by no means bragging. I, I went into the IT world with zero IT background and ran teams. Mm-hmm. So I can't program to save my life mm-hmm. or yours, Doug. Yeah, I, I would. Yeah. We would die in a heartbeat, <laughs> right. right? No doubt. But I ran. Yeah, I ran twenty projects with hundred different teams to a green status, on time, under budget. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, how does that happen? Because it's, you're dealing with people, right? Right. It, it, it's it's a people oriented skill set. Yeah. Yes. Did I learn by drinking from the fire hose on mm-hmm. the technical aspects? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Every day I was getting. I was like, you know, I'd be in a meeting and then I'd have to get offline and go, "Hey, what the hell did that mean?" Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, good yeah. to know, right? And now, now I know, right? But it didn't didn't prevent me from getting work done mm-hmm. at the end of the day, right? Because because of the skill set is different. You know, you, you see lots of companies suffer from this. It's like, well, someone's someone's in, hospitals are the worst, right? You know wh- who leads hospitals? Doctors. Doctors. Usually. Well, doctors spent 30 years doing what? Doctoring. Becoming the best doctors, <laughs> right? Not learning how to run organizations, right? Right. <laughs> right. No doubt. <laughs> right. So this guy's the best neurosurgeon in the world. We need to make him the COO. Wait, what? Well, <laughs> wait, what? I, that's so well, does, that's what is true of what does neurosurgery have to do with running a multi-billion-dollar organization?
0: Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. And that's true even at the factory level. Typically, we promote the person that was our most efficient or our most productive person. Sure. Right? And I mean, it was true in OSHA. And again, no disrespect intended to anyone, but in the OSHA world, we promoted people that were good out in the field. They were good inspectors. That has nothing to do with management or leadership. Or understanding how to design programs or understanding how Again, to coach yeah.
1: people, mentor people. That's such or, a good point, or, or, man. or be able to see the vision of where the program needs to go. Mm-hmm. Now, don't get me wrong. Someone who's been doing something for 20, 30 years, yes, they're developing other attributes along the way. But if their focus hasn't been down this lane of of management, leadership, program management, project management, you know, that's going to be a big jump. Yeah for that person, and you're likely setting them up for failure.
0: Yeah, that's really interesting. So, you know, so obviously that goes into the hiring part of identifying that person. But now, so now I've got these leaders in place. Let's say, you know, that ship has sailed. Now I've promoted my most efficient workers, my most productive workers into these... Make the change. ...management positions. Is it possible to to teach them to become a leader? you got to have... I mean, is it know, maybe it's time to make a change in the leadership? Yeah, you got to have the
1: gumption to to understand. It's like I don't have the right people in the right place. Mm-hmm. It, it's don't get me wrong; it's a hard decision. We all, most people, hate confrontation. I hate confrontation. Mm-hmm. It's one sure. thing I've been really working on. I've been reading books on how yeah. to learn to say no more, right. how to how to be more selfish, N- not not in a in a mm-hmm. personal way, but just to be able to be more honest with people and to be able to have those confrontational. Yeah discussions those uncomfortable discussions not confrontational those uncomfortable yeah, discussions yeah. and and I think a lot of management is like well I can't fire him cuz that's not the right thing to do no bullshit that is the right thing to do the company's mm-hmm. going to suffer yeah, right because, because you put that guy in the or girl in the safety position and they don't they don't have the capability to get it done mm-hmm. to get the company going down the right path interesting yes they can they know where to put the posters up they know how to hold the safety meeting but okay what else Mm-hmm. So um you know a lot of times it's 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 obviously always harder to fire people or move people but if you're a good leader and you and you care about the company it, you have to have that discussion. Hey Doug, look, I know we hired you for this position, but I think you're going to be better off mm-hmm. over here. You're going to the company's going to be better having you over here and I think you're going to be happier over here. Yeah. Right? And, mm-hmm, and, absolutely. and that's an honest discussion. And it's not it doesn't have to be like, hey, man, you're screwing this up. I mean, that right. <laughs> you can, but it's it's just simply, I, I think we're going to be better off with having you over here. Mm-hmm. Right? Not that I don't think you're doing a good job, but, right. you know, we can be better over here. I need somebody a little bit right. different in here. And then you get the right person in there. Like, you have to move people around um, and find out where they're going to be best mm-hmm. and find out where their skill set works best.
0: That's interesting, I mean. man. Very and, interesting.
1: And, 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 and your top inspector doesn't necessarily need to be leading the program. Right, right. In fact... Leave them the top inspector. There's a reason to the top inspector. Why would you take them out of that wheelhouse?
0: Absolutely. (laughs) You know, and and unfortunately, the government structure, as you know, being in the government and looking back, you know, at at OSHA, you know, um, promotion was limited. You know, it's a very tight pyramid at the top. And so you could be... A senior journey level inspector and be very good at what you were doing, but if you wanted to be promoted, you had to go into a management position. There was nothing that was really performance based in the compensation. So, you know, like I think in the sales world, this is a little bit different. Your top salesman can make significantly more money than their, their manager. And probably in most organizations, that would be appropriate. And again, I don't know anything about anything, but. I mean, if your top performers, if their only choice is to go into management to make more money, but they are not necessarily well-suited or even interested in being a manager, you've kind of put them in a difficult position. You know, now they're like, oh, God, do I, you know, I'd like to get a little bit of a raise, you know, but I'm not sure I want to be a manager. There should be a way to take those performers and and reward that and then find the people that are actually the better leaders and put them in those positions so Mm -hmm. that those pieces work. Rather than, you know, shoving that square peg into the round hole thing. Yeah. That's really tough, man.
1: It is tough, right? It's like, you know, I, I think that's the the key to leadership and management. I think too often we think that person's supposed to be the smartest person in the room. That mm-hmm. person should be the expert. Where that that person is the one that needs to make sure everybody else is where they need to be. Right. And I'm, and I'm putting Doug in the right place to maximize his skill set so he's most productive. And, and he's happy doing what he's doing. Right right i think that's, that's really interesting too. too a lot of times we put people in positions thinking oh hey you're the best for the job you know we're going to promote you and do this they may not want to be there right and they may be wholly uncomfortable that's a being good point. in that safety manager role that in, in reality they haven't spoke up because who wants to say no to the boss most mm-hmm. people won't and who who doesn't want to say no to a raise and a promotion mm-hmm. right but truth told they get there and they don't really feel comfortable being there They'd
0: rather be out in the field, <laughs>
1: right, yeah, doing their and, thing. And, you,
0: and that whole, that whole um, they don't have to be the smartest person. They don't have to understand that process the best. They may not be the best producer or performer. I, I think there is that misconception that once you become the leader, you have to know the most about everything. And, and that, that's kind of an overwhelming feeling, I'm sure. Do you I'm honestly sure.
1: think Elon Musk knows how to build rockets?
0: I, I would assume not. I, I mean, you know, he probably crack, had a director set or something. It always
1: cracks me up that people are like, Elon's building rockets. I'm like, he is not building shit.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He's hiring a lot of incredibly smart people and right. paying them a pile of money and telling them, build this rocket. Here's right. what I want. And they go and do it. Kind of the visionary. That fool's not building anything. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs>
0: Cars or rockets. You, damn you know it. what I mean? Yeah.
1: I, it's not a knock against him. Right. It's just that it's the reality ignore that we, that we think that he's the one in there, you know, drawing this up and going, Here's the solution, guys. Mm Well, it's Don't get me wrong. It's like the Steve Jobs thing, too, right? He didn't make anything. No. He was a slave driver. That's probably not a right word to say anymore. Right. But he he, he drove people hard and got them to do things that normally couldn't be done because he was that type of personality. Um, You know, don't get me wrong. Jobs and Musk are all, they're very intelligent Mm -hmm. in their area. I'm sure Elon could talk very intelligent about rockets and space travel and all that Mm -hmm. stuff. But that's only because of the people he hired right. and and having discussions with them, being around them. He wasn't capable of doing that. Right, never was. Interesting, right? That's a good point. But he's a genius when it comes to getting the right people, mm-hmm. putting them in the right place, motivating them, driving them to get to
0: do something that no one thought could be done. Right, right. That's really interesting. And why 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 shouldn't safety be that that same way? Exactly. That's exactly right, man. That's really interesting. That. Again, we're you know we're kind of throwing things out that might be a little bit un- uncomfortable and might require some on open honest thought and perhaps even some. Well, a lot of business owners and leaders aren't willing to take a chance.
1: They're not willing to take a chance on somebody. Mm-hmm. Be like, you know, I'm I'm not willing to hire Johnny as a safety manager. Well, Johnny has no experience in safety. So what? Mm-hmm. Johnny kicks ass every position you put him in, and right. he, he's a natural leader. Right, he'll get it done. Yeah, that's a great. He'll point. Figure it out, and he'll get it done. Mm-hmm. He's a natural people magnet. Yep. He'll get, you know, he'll get people running into the wall head first. Mm-hmm. Right, which is what we and not asking great should leader. we do this, boss? They're asking how many times. Right, right. That's <laughs> a good point, man. And and it's like you you put him anywhere, and he's gonna win. But a lot, a lot of people aren't willing to take, well, he doesn't have the safety background and he doesn't know. Mm-hmm. You're missing the point. You're looking at all the wrong things. Yeah. He's going to kill it no matter where he's at. Right. That's not what you're seeing, right? And you're not seeing the natural leadership abilities, natural people abilities, you know, those intrinsic values that he brings at the table, right? Mm-hmm. Those, those soft skills mm-hmm. that the people you've been trying to put in there just don't have. Right. Because they have the technical skill. Right. Um, you know, and, and I think that's important in leadership. It's not, it's not putting people in there because of their technical skill, right? it it's, They got this service-oriented mindset. It's a people-first mindset. It, it's this, I got to arm my people with the things they need to get the job done. I got to think ahead and see where we're going, right, and position, not just the people, but the whole program, right? And I, I got to be able to align it with what's the company's larger goals, Right. And 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 strategic goals. What's that got to do with safety skill? Right. Nothing. Nothing.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. You're right. No, that's, this is really big. That's a big concept, man. And I think it's something that's been grossly overlooked that we need a leader in that position. And we, you know, they can, they can gain the technical skill if necessary to do the job, but to facilitate this, to, to lead it, to coach it, to direct it requires that leadership. And it's almost an innate ability. I mean, I think we've talked about the fact that there are probably skills that you can learn and acquire as a leader. Mm -hmm. But the reality is, isn't it, is it true? Would you, I mean, when we talk, when we think about leaders, when we think about Gandhi or, you know, or, um, shoot, I don't know. You know, I mean. I, I think people are, we're all born with natural
1: skill sets tendencies personalities we understand that people are some people naturally type A some people naturally type B some people more aggressive some people more passive it's not that anybody's not capable of leading it's that certain people are more apt to go in that direction they'll, they'll gravitate towards being in those roles mm-hmm. okay right they, yeah. it just naturally fits them better they 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 feel comfortable being in those leadership roles whereas somebody else may be capable of leading but they're not comfortable being in that role, mm-hmm. right? So they're okay. probably not best suited for it. They can do it, but they're not going to do it as well as someone who just naturally just gravitates towards that. Who,
0: you know, you see it. Like in sports mm-hmm. teams,
1: mm-hmm. we grew up playing sports, mm-hmm. right? Somebody naturally falls into that being the captain, right? Right. Wasn't right. always the best player. No, Not exactly. by any stretch. Right. But it was that person who was just naturally outgoing, everybody liked, could rally people, get people fired up, get a fire going within people, right? Just get get the team in that feverish, rabid mm-hmm. pitch, ready to go play the game. That wasn't necessarily the best player on the team. right? Most of the time it wasn't, right? So, you know, the, the captains you know, are those people that naturally just come to the forefront that are just, you know, mm-hmm. those natural people person. Yeah, And, um, and I think, so, you know, so to your point, yeah, you're born, I think people are born. Now, you can develop. You know, depending on who you're around and the environments mm-hmm. you're in and, and, and the things you're exposed to growing up. Obviously, you know, like, none of us are the same person we were from the time right. we were toddlers to middle school to high school. And and we're different people from where we were 15, 20 years ago, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so we can develop skill sets. You can get more confident in what you're doing. And you can, you can be more fluent uh, in leadership mm-hmm. roles. But there are people who are naturally just going to
0: be like that. Right. It's interesting. Um, But you can learn certain things. You can become a better communicator. You can become a better, sure, um, as you said, uh, some of those different.
1: It just takes more practice for somebody It doesn't come natural to. Right. Right. You and I both know people who have no problem having a hard conversation. Like, I don't like what you did. Here's why I don't like it. Don't do it again. Right. Whereas I'll be like, you know what? It's not worth my time and effort. I don't. If he can't figure it out, I'm not going to have the conversation. Now I can have that conversation, but I got to force myself to mm-hmm. do it, and mm-hmm. I'm capable of doing it where someone else just naturally does it without even thinking about right.
0: it. Right, right. And yeah. I, you know, I've communicated with some um, company friends of mine, companies, and and you know that is one of the challenges that some of uh, the safety coordinators, facilitators, managers, whatever we're going to call them. Oftentimes, they will be, um, if we haven't selected a leader for that position, if we have selected someone who is either, you know, a high performer, or maybe just someone who doesn't necessarily fit in our company somewhere else, we give them this role. (laughs) You know, I mean, that's oftentimes how the safety person is chosen. (laughs) You know, I mean, well, you're not really that good at what you do, and you're not this, and you're not that. So, how about safety? Um, You know, sometimes we put them in that position, but they have a really hard time um, with those types of interactions. I know there are a number of safety people who just, they want everyone to like them. They don't want to be confrontational. They don't like that aspect. And there are times where that particular skill is necessary in order to get, you know, in any leadership role, there are going to be times where the conversation is difficult or yeah. challenging. And so I mean, a I'm lot sure of there
1: are safety guys, sorry to interrupt you, but no, I'm sure ahead. there are safety guys who... Won't even approach somebody that doesn't have their hard hat on. Yeah. Can't you do it. Might put a message out saying, Hey guys, remember to keep putting your hard hats on. Right. I've noticed some people not wearing it. Right. That's much different than walking up and going, Doug, you know better. Put your hard hat on. Right. Saying, Come on, man. Yeah. Yep. Right? There's some people that can't can't do that. They don't they're non confrontational. They won't have that conversation. Um, or go into the foreman, hey Doug, like I see a lot of you guys without um. Have their hard hats mm-hmm. on I'm relying on you to help me with this and, and you know, make sure they're right wearing it. So police it for me a little bit. Can you do that for me? Right. Right. They won't even do that, right? Yeah. They'd rather just send out a blind email to the whole company. Don't forget about your hard hats. Period. That's exactly
0: right. And go. <laughs> right. Uh, or like what you know, the alternative is, is the hammer, the guy that's always out there jumping people's shit and there's no coaching and there's no right service. Do this. It's just the no safety police. And that's right. a really horrible role too. It's not that's a bad mm-hmm. approach. It is really tough. Um, this is a lot to think about, man, because I think about half the, half the listeners are either in fear for their job right now (laughs) or, or, um, they're going to have to go out and make some changes or, but if you truly want this to work,
1: I, I think what's, what's more important is anybody listening. It's in those safety roles is, is have that conversation with the owners and have that conversation with the senior leaders of, Hey, what do you guys see this role as? Here's what I see it as. Mm -hmm. Here's what I think it needs to be if we really want this to be effective. Mm -hmm. Right? I'm sure there's some owners that are just like, look,
0: just make sure the posters are up. Yep. And nobody's getting hurt. Yeah, go out on the site, make sure they're wearing their safety glasses. Right,
1: and and that's it. And it's kind of like, okay, but, you know... Can't it be more than that? Shouldn't it be more than that? I mean, we can take this to the next level. And here's why I think we should, right? I think that's the more important conversation to have is, is that our safety professionals, our safety leaders, like you know if you're in that role of just making sure the posters are up and holding the safety right. meeting, right? I, you know if you're in that role. Yeah. And, and to to, to walk in the, in the boss's office and say, I think this could be so much more and needs to be so much more. Mm-hmm. And here's what I'm looking at. Can we, can we do this? Mm -hmm. You know, um, that the whole safety program versus working safely mindset, right? Switch. Um, and, and, and if there's any of the owners listening, you know, the senior leaders listening, it's like, man, come on, look at that safety position. What's it really doing? Mm -hmm. I mean, what is it really doing? And is it, is it a leadership role in your company? If not, make
0: it one, right? Like
1: make it a driver.
0: I agree, and and what is it that you expected? Just like the you know that same conversation as the leader, as the owner or manager, what is it that you truly expected of this position? And, and have you equipped them to be able to do that? Sure. Have you given you them know. the power to do it mm-hmm. and the backing? Right. That's interesting. All right, man. Um, wow, that's a lot to think about. <laughs> <laughs> it's always a lot to think about, but um, that that is. I think that's such an important concept that. You know, this, what this person needs to be. Sure. I think th- it's just a paradigm shift. Yeah. It's, it's a,
1: it's a paradigm shift in what the safety position needs to be and should yeah. be. You know, and, and as companies get more complex, you know, and, and technology a bigger role and you're doing more things, especially if you're a growing company, mm-hmm. I think it's even more important that needs to be in a leadership role. That's a good right? point. As it, you know, if it's a small company, a dozen guys, mm-hmm. three, four people in the office, dozen on the job site okay you know but if you got a larger some of the companies we've worked with that have people all over the place and have all these moving parts going it's like man that even needs to be more of a a
0: leadership role that's that's exactly right it's interesting so i do have another question for you um and we talked about this a little bit yesterday but you know the only social media thing that i do even remotely is the linkedin thing Uh and you know i cannot tolerate it (laughs) <laughs> it's still a struggle, man. About 90% of it is garbage. I, I've
1: shut all mine off a few years ago. You know. Other than what I use for my business. Yeah. exactly. Yeah. The
0: other stuff I don't... I've never really indulged in the Facebook, Instagram, mm-hmm. Twitter. I've never done that. And I... It's it's likely never going to happen for me at this mm-hmm. point of my life. But I did get on LinkedIn about a Come year on, man, ago. Come on,
1: You can teach an old dog new tricks. <laughs> I,
0: I just have <laughs> no interest in any of that stuff, man. It's just... You know, even even the LinkedIn thing is difficult for me sure I, I allow myself to look at it on Fridays because we do the podcast on uh-huh. Fridays and and then you know the, you know her pushes out the podcast on Fridays and so I like to interact a little bit and I read sure. your posts and I mean I, I, I find some interesting stuff on there occasionally um, there is a lot of stuff about leadership in there as you probably know yeah. people will take quotes and they will post leadership mm-hmm. quotes from Simon Sinek or Peter Drucker or whomever sure. You know all of these quotes, and they all sound Carnegie. wonderful, man. You know, they're <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh, that's magical. Um, but so much of it to me seems a lot of it's superficial. Yeah, it seems superficial or unrealistic. Yeah. Even, I mean, do leaders really have to be, you know, hugging you when you walk in in the morning, and 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 uh, sending you like sympathy cards when you you know your cat dies? And so, I mean, is that leadership?
1: I, I it's an aspect. Okay, right? it's one aspect. You know. Um, when we were growing up, that definitely was not the norm. It was show up, I'm paying you. Right. In a conversation. And, um, but I think, and, and rightfully so, and in the last, especially 10, 15 years, you know, the idea of leadership, of taking care of your people, uh, of creating a, a friendly work environment um, where people feel comfortable working and and more importantly, f- people feel like they're being taken care of. They're not mm-hmm. just a number. And I, and I think that's the bigger concept here mm-hmm. to, to realize is that, you know, making sure your employees just don't feel like a number, that they're just there to collect the paycheck and get work done, that you, you care about them beyond the work getting done. Mm-hmm. And, and, and studies have shown that when you get to that point, people will work harder for you. They care more about their work, they're more vested in their work, they're happier. Okay, they're more loyal. So so there are a lot of benefits, right, that result from sure. actually giving a crap about your employees. Yeah. Yeah. Now, standing there, being the Walmart reader, hugging them every day, I don't know if you need to go to that extreme, mm-hmm. but God forbid the owner know everybody's name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, it's like me. be able to walk in and be like, hey, Doug, how you doing today? Mm-hmm. You know, how's the wife and kids? How's Kent doing in school? That's huge. That is huge. That goes a long way. It does. Right? How hard is that, you know? And that's not being all care bearish either. Right. It's just be right. like, hey, man, how's it going? You know, as uh, you know, yeah. you can't recover from his last wipeout, <laughs> 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 right? Type thing. Yes. So that's um, true. And and I think that that's what we're really talking about, right? So of course, some people take it to an extreme. Just a, you know, some companies just say hello to you. We give hugs. That's right. right. It's like our company's that much, as if to say our company's that much better. We care that much more about employees and you know you got to find your own you know place with it uh, but i think the important thing is just making sure you, your employees you're not just a number or right. or you're not just a name like you actually know something about them you care about them it's more more than the work now work needs to get done don't get me wrong of course okay but um you know it, i think it's just the fact that, that you know that hey i'm i'm working for a company that gives a crap about me beyond just getting this mm-hmm press going mm-hmm. every day and I think that's the bigger the yeah. bigger there, there's away. a
0: certain trust factor obviously there's a sure. like a mutual refe- my respect back, I factor. have years you're not yeah. just gonna throw me to the wolves
1: um you know that type of thing
0: and I I, I think I, I I raised that point because in large part you know I I am an, an older person in the workforce and mm-hmm. so you know I was working in the you know the 70s and 80s and there, the management the style was a little bit different back then sure. probably although you knew a good leader then and now. Right. You, they were easily recognized. You could tell. They had your back. Sure. Um, it didn't require. It wasn't overly touchy-feely back then. I, I've had some. They stood up for you. Le- yes. Right? They just knew that, you know, they were looking out for you. Right. And whatever that is. Um,
1: but I'm like you. I don't, like, I grew up in a time where I didn't, I don't need a pat on the back. Right. To right, work hard. Right. I don't need the boy. I guess that's kind of what I'm because saying. Because I was raised like, you're supposed to work hard. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right? I, I think you know we got different generations in the workforce now, and they're raised mm-hmm. differently, and and there's more of a need, you know, for those soft skills and, and the pats on the back and whatnot. And and as management and leadership, you need to recognize that and do what you got to do yeah. to fire people. If it's becoming a point where it's, you know, the focus, I think you need to you need yeah. to you need to pull back a little. bit. Well, we've bit. talked but
0: about that too. Some some of the the modern the new workplaces are mm-hmm. much different than the workplaces sure. that we. Sure. came up in but i, th- I do i do think that uh, i've always known and responded to the leaders the leadership that i felt had some genuine interest in me mm-hmm. they would know your name even something as simple as that um knowing your name or even co- you know when you did have an a, you know an issue in your life maybe someone would even make a comment about that hey man you know we're thinking uh-huh. about you. I, hope, I mean, it doesn't have to be a lot necessarily. And like you, know, you what's said,
1: funny is I worked for uh, when I worked for an IT company, and I eventually left there for various reasons. But um, I, I managed my team, and we'd have our morning meet. It was a twenty four seven shop, so we always had front end of the week, back end of the week, mm-hmm. you know, days and nights. And um, sometimes we would have issues that would get couldn't get resolved, and you'd hand it over to the next mm-hmm. shift. Right? Just that's how shift work happens and uh you know we'd have our meetings and and i'd be i'd hear about you know hey one of your people screwed this up and and my first reaction is well what they screw up this this and this i'm like well what's telling us they screwed it up what's the standard and i would get reprimanded by my senior leaders like quit making excuses for your people right just fix it and i'm like well hold on a minute I'm not saying they didn't do anything wrong. I'm just trying to understand what's telling you they were the ones that mm-hmm. screwed it up, and it wasn't from the other shift or got passed down to them and and whatnot. And it was so funny because the dynamic was is from the people above me, I was making excuses for my team screwing up. The people on my team would routinely come up and thank me, "Hey man, thanks for sticking up for us, or thanks for going to bat for mm-hmm. us," you know, and and and. and, and I didn't care if they were wrong, they were wrong. Right. Sure. And and I would fix it. But at the same time, it's like I'm not just gonna go, Oh, we screwed up blindly. You know, I'm gonna be like, Okay, you gotta you gotta prove to me that it was our team that screwed it up or or show me where it happened so we can find ground truth and I'm not just gonna go, Okay, I'll yell at everybody just mm-hmm. <laughs> right. because of it right. Um and they I not to this day I know they appreciated that more about me than anything. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm that I was just willing to go to back and run interference mm-hmm. between the upper level yeah. management and them taking the brunt of it. Right. Um, you know, I would I would take the heat and, and keep it off of them. And, and I think that's what a lot of people appreciate as far as a good leader is that, is that, you know, hey, this guy is going to bat for us, even if he's willing to take a face shot.
0: Right. Yeah, that run it. interference description is good. I mean, mm-hmm. so it's just not a direct assault from upper management to mm-hmm. you on the floor, you know, I mean – Even if you did something wrong and if something needed to be corrected, at least you didn't take the brunt of the beating. Sure. You know? And and I think, yeah. We we shared the pain. Yeah, exactly. Because I've had leaders that didn't. They just stepped out of the way when you were about to take a beating. yeah. And um, you're like. They do this thing. Yeah, exactly. Point fingers and deflect and it's
1: like, oh, he screwed
0: it up. Yeah. Yeah.
1: We're just not hiring the right people.
0: And that's really (laughs) tough. Yeah. yeah, I don't know why we hired him. That's crazy. That's a tough one, man. (laughs) Well, that's a lot to think about, man. There, there is always so much to this. I, you we know, got ten I have, minutes still, man. Yeah, let's <laughs> keep talking. No, no, no I, I, I don't, you know, I don't have any more questions um, about leadership specifically. What else has been going on? Anything? Ah, <clears throat> oh, man,
1: everything, everything, and nothing at the same time, yeah. right? Uh, but we you... had
0: talked about, um, um, I don't know if if you
1: wanted to save this for next time, but the training and exercise mm-hmm. idea. Oh, yeah, that's right. You know, um, yeah. the differences between you know. Uh, Training and, and practicing something and then actually exercising right. it. And, and that's I think that's something that um, a lot of safety professionals miss. In other words, it's a, we can put programs in place, we can put the posters up, but how often do you practice it? Mm-hmm. Right, It's the fire drill concept. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How many of you guys actually practice fire drills out there? Right. I, ever, since high school, elementary school, when was the last time you
0: did a fire drill? Mm-hmm. And and did it with the intention of actually benefiting from it. Yeah.
1: Does everybody understand where to go and how to get out of there in an expedited manner? And what's the process for getting everybody out and then making sure the building's clear and then doing the head count and what's the rally point? Right. All right. Now let's do a fire drill with simulating somebody's hurt. Mm -hmm. How does that work? And to take it to another level, it's like we have all these safety programs. Okay, well, what happens? Hey, let's run a drill where someone loses their hand. Mm-hmm. In the press. Mm-hmm. How does that work? Well, we'd call nine one one. Sure. Okay, then what? Meanwhile, the guy's bleeding out. Right. Is that it? Right. Is that it? You just sit and wait and hope <laughs> Break nine, time. and hope nine one one gets there. Oh, by the way, your factory's in bum of hell nowhere. Mm-hmm. It's gonna take them forty minutes to get there. Right. Guess what? He's dead. Right? I so that's- so you know, are you running exercises and drills where you're simulating these things and, and taking it serious? Like what's everybody doing? If there is an incident and that person gets their hand caught in a press. Okay. Does everybody else just keep working and then someone puts a band aid on it or does the whole place shut down? Right. Everybody mobilizes to, to take care of this problem. Right. Who's calling nine one one. Who's calling emergency services. Who's tending to the person. Do we have an onsite doc? Does anybody have any like what? What is this process, and, and are you practicing it? And, and more importantly, how often are you practicing it?
0: I think that's a good point.
1: You know, it's like ev- even something simple as if you're out on the job site, like how often does a construction crew practice, oh, so-and-so got backed over by the truck. What are we going to do? I doubt they do it at all. I doubt they do it at all. Yeah. I mean, maybe once in a while the safety person will walk out and go to the foreman, hey, what would you do if someone got hurt? Well, and they would sit there and pontificate. Well, I would do this, and I would probably do that, and mm-hmm. I'll probably do this. And Well, how bad is it? And, and it's all just a bunch of conjecture right? rather than actual practice and right. actual exercising. Y- yes, I know this takes time and effort, and I know it takes away from productivity. But is it worth an hour every so often to practice things like this?
0: That's a, that's yeah, a great I, point. I think so. Well, you know, we, we talk a lot about um, how do we ensure that training is effective, right? I mean, OSHA asks, asks employers to do training on different topics. You are required to do certain training. It is probably recommended that you do other training. And then sure. how do you verify that? And you give them a quiz, and they get, you know, they fill out some, and then we go book back to work.
1: Because you gave them the answer. Yeah,
0: I mean, you're actually talking yeah. them through the answers in all likelihood. That's probably how yeah. most of it goes, because everybody wants you to pass. And so... Sure, even though it may be in a different a language you don't understand, but you don't go out there and, right. but do we ever do those types of drills? And if you don't, is there any reasonable expectation that it's going to work? Well, you know. <clears throat> excuse me,
1: and, and I'm talking about taking that next step. It, it's like, you know, I, I train fighters, so we have training, we have practice where they're hitting pads or doing drills or they're working on technique, right? And, and then we spar, mm-hmm. right? So you have training and then the exercise thereof. Yeah, right. Absolutely. Yeah, the training and the learning of it, and then you have the actual. Okay, let's see. Let's see you do it now. Mm-hmm. And now we start to learn what you're proficient at, what you're not proficient at, where we got to fix things. Right. The whole point of exercising is going. Oh, everybody said they knew th- the process and procedure of someone losing their hand, but we sure didn't execute it well. Mm-hmm. Let's do that again. Yeah. Let's make sure we yeah we say we know it, but can we do it? That's, that's a two great, two that's two a great analogy. And, and really, and that's what scrimmages are for, right? Mm-hmm. To see, okay, let's, we, we did this dry run, dry run, dry right. run. Let's do it live. And oh, wow, we missed all those blocks. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and the whole point of exercising is, is to find those weak areas. Like failure is a good thing mm-hmm. when you exercise. Cause it's like, oh, wow, we are not good at this. Right. Oh, wow. Nobody had a clue how to do this. No one even knew where to find the damn folder. Mm-hmm. No one knows where the med kit is. Right. I, I, that's How does nobody know where the med kit is? Oh, well, we moved it last week. <laughs> right. Did we tell anybody? Uh-huh. <laughs> right?
0: Yep, yep. It's locked up in the <laughs> boss's office. Yeah, it's, it's in the safe well, where exactly. the boss isn't
1: here with the combo, so we can't even get to it.
0: Right. Yeah, I mean, you do that all the time in the military. I would assume the military is drilling and preparing. And yeah, and even then it loses some context.
1: That's one of the things in training exercises we always battle with because – when you do exercises, there are training objectives you want to meet. And, and sometimes it gets so overly scripted, there's no real live play. There's no, there's no mm-hmm. fluidity to it at all. There's no reaction. Everybody just kind of knows what's coming. Right. You know, whereas a true exercise, it's like. Right. Which is kind of like. You walk up to the foreman and go, you have a simulated guy down right now. What are you going to do? Go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And now he, everybody stop. We got an exercise. Johnny lost his leg you do right. and you go through it right? right and sometimes you can have it organized she's okay guys today we're going to do a bunch of exercises we're shutting the plants shut down today but we're doing a bunch of training exercises mm-hmm. so everybody go about like you're normally working and then we're going to have some things happen we just want to see how how we react right? that's great that's a great idea you know uh, maybe that's on a saturday maybe you pay a little bit actually, mm-hmm. little overtime everybody comes in on a saturday and does it so you don't hurt productivity mm-hmm. but it's that, you know, yeah, we, we can sit here in a classroom and say, and do head nods, and yeah, we got it, but can you really do it? Right. At the same time. Right. You know, and there's great value in that and finding out and, and screwing it up. Mm-hmm. Right. There, there's, when I train guys, there's no better lesson learned than getting punched in the mouth. hmm Oh. Right. You kept telling me your hands were up. <laughs> right. <laughs> you sure found out they weren't.
0: Yes. Oh, Yeah. No, yeah you, can, you know well, and just like uh you know you, you you watch guys that can hit the pads and that looks magical i mean it's sure. just amazing they hit the bag it's amazing Then they get in front of somebody they get in the ring and somebody hits them in the face and all of that goes away sure and it changes i mean mike tyson used to say that everybody has a plan until i punch, punch them in, him in the face it. or something right and then you and you that's know, how
1: everybody has a plan till the incident really happens exactly and the panic sets in and the horror of it sets in the, the right the The look on people's faces. there's actual trauma now. When there's actual trauma from someone really got run over by the truck right? or got hit by the back end loader or whatever, or they got electrocuted, Mm -hmm. right? Now now everybody goes, huh, what do we do? What do you mean, what do we do? You all said you knew what to do. Now everybody's going, what do we do? And everybody's looking at each other like, (laughs) what do we do? Who are you going to do? Where's the foreman? He's not here. Oh, shit, what do we do?
0: Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, we don't do that very much. I mean, OSHA doesn't require that. In, in very many circumstances, even the which is insane. Even to me. the fire drill thing I isn't a think, requirement. I would think
1: OSHA would periodically. The, the military has the IG Inspector General, and mm-hmm. they would show up on the base and and randomly test the base on various processes and procedures. Like it, it baffles me that OSHA. And I'm I'm not. If the OSHA gods are listening, I'm not saying. No, they, they but like they're not showing up and going, show me this. Yeah. Show me how you do this. Right. This guy's simulated having a heart attack. Show me what you're going to do. And and, and 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 just test companies. That, that's really a good now, all these approach. businesses are going, shut your mouth, man. <laughs> right, we don't, we don't right. need that headache. But I guess my point is, is like.
0: It would it, certainly be a better if gauge you, of whether you're prepared or not. Well,
1: and I guess my point is, if you got your ducks in a row and you're wired, what are you afraid of? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, bring them. Good point. Yeah, OSHA, come on in. We're going to nail it.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. I think there are a lot of opportunities to, to do that, though. I know um, we've got a friend in town here. Jim Steele works down at Air Light Plastics, and and they do that periodically. They will, he'll write up a scenario on like an index card, and they'll go out into the plant and they'll find someone who is going to, you know, simulate being a victim. They're going to portray it being a victim, and they'll they'll lay down by their machine. They'll have this little index card that says, you know, Bob was electrocuted, you know. What do we do? And you know, employees, you know, will walk by and step over Bob for thirty minutes while <laughs> he's laying there. Yeah. yeah so, um uh, you know, so I don't yeah. know. And it's just kind of, you know, I think those are great scenarios. I, I think we sh- we could do a much better job practicing and rehearsing those sure. things. We had a this is a funny story. We had a we were doing an
1: exercise on the base one time, and they'll do things like um, a simulated bomb or you know, unexploded ordnance. <laughs> <laughs> in our squadron. I, and I saw him do it. I saw one of the inspectors come in and, and set down this box. And it was obvious. I like, it was this box that had like oil stains on it, just like supposed to be like this simulated bomb. And he set it in the corner. And I swear twenty people walked by that damn thing and <laughs> right. didn't even pay any attention of to course. it. Of course. Until one of the older guys in the squadron walked down the hall, saw it at the corner of his eye, he looked at it. And it told everybody to stop, went and got the commander, and then and then they ran the drill like it was supposed to be run. But the number of people that walked <laughs> by that thing was hilarious. And, and I was on the Sandoval team at the time, so I wasn't supposed to say anything. I was supposed right. to watch Just observe, watch and see what and happens. people just walking by this You know, some people would glance at it and go, eh, and walk by. And then <laughs> oh, don't it's not my box, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like I don't oh, care about yeah. it. And, um, you know, my, my point is I, I promise you every company out there, every factory out there, has people walking by stuff, noticing it, and not doing anything. Absolutely. Every day. Or not saying anything or, or stepping over that dead body mm-hmm. and, and just not taking that accountability. And, and I think that that's a, that's a cultural mindset. That's a lack of leadership in that safety program, that safety is everybody's responsibility mm-hmm. 24-7, that you should want to say something, even if you're wrong. Hey Doug, aren't you supposed to have that hard hat on? Well, no, Aaron. Actually, we don't have to have it in this area. Oh shit! I didn't know that. Cool. Right. 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 Exactly. Yeah. Wait, uh, no harm, no foul. Right. Just because I, I asked, aren't you supposed to have your hard hat on? But
0: that again is a leadership issue, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, if we're trying to to um, modify behaviors or change attitudes, it has to be a leadership directive, basically, or you know yeah. something like that. Because I was I was at a place yesterday that had the same thing. They said we've had a number of incidents. I think maybe there's some you know complacency perhaps or whatever that is. We're all comfortable, you know, and um, we're concerned about that. How do we change it? And I'd have been like, "It's your fault." Yeah, that's exactly. What it's what it's the manager's asking theirs. me. It's <laughs> yeah, your fault. That's exactly right. You know, that's not necessarily what they, what they want to hear, but that's the truth. You know, it's going to. They're, start they're right looking there. for. They're
1: looking for a band aid to put on it. Exactly. What can I do to get them to go? We'll hang this poster up.
0: Awesome. Right. We'll get those up. <laughs> oh, I'll we'll get, get ten of them. That, that shows you yeah. how committed I well, am. When we need five, I'll do ten. Exactly, because right? like I really kid. believe in it. <laughs> yeah. So, Oh, that's so funny, man. All right, man, we're running out of time. And Good deal. I've got things I have to take care of, if you, you got know Got plans what I mean. for the weekend? Um, you know, as you know, I just moved into a new office. So, yeah. um, you know, I have a little office over at our buddy Tom's place now. And my wife wants to come up and decorate it this weekend. <laughs> if you can imagine decorating just, an office the size just, of a closet. Just get out of the way oh exactly that's exactly <laughs> what we're gonna do so it's so funny she bought um so I have a chair if I ever have a visitor now I don't have I typically don't have clients come to my office <laughs> right. but she put the chair there and it's more than six feet away as my wife would expect <laughs> and she put a little table next to it and then she got this table at I don't know Home Goods or Walmart or something you know and then she looked at the table and she says do you think that looks too like feminine and I'm I'm like what are we talking about now? I didn't even know there was a table in the office. Meanwhile, anymore. Doug's like, the fact that there's a table and chair, <laughs> yes, it's yeah, that, <laughs> the whole thing. I mean, the fact that we're decorating it makes right. me because now I'm in a I'm in an office building with uh, iron workers and construction guys and dude, I'll uh, tell you what,
1: I, I learned a long time ago, this was so funny, when I, I redid the front of my business. Um I used to it used to be just kind of loud. I used to have all the trophies and belts hanging up mm-hmm. and posters. It was just it wasn't it didn't speak to what I was trying to get mm-hmm. the business to be. And I said, I want this to look more like a spa when you walk in. Right. And uh, I was like, I want, you know, like a softer color. I want some, I want some, some motivational sayings on there. I want to clean it up and make it and just strip it down and mm-hmm. clean it and make it inviting, kind inviting, of right. And, and, and we have what we have now, mm-hmm. but I, I knew, I knew better. And I, I took one of my top coaches chess at the time and the front desk ladies, I go, Here's here's what I want. You guys oh, geez, make it happen. Right. right? You pick the colors you think it yeah. needs to be. Here, here's kind of the things I want on the walls. And um and it was so funny. They would get Aaron, come here, come here. We got color splotches. They put like four different colors on the wall. And I'm like, they're all gray. <laughs> like, no, it's not. That one's green, and that one's this, and that one's that. I'm like, um, okay, whichever one you think. Right, whichever right. one you think, and it worked out great because it's like okay, and and we got and and I love how yeah, the lobby I like looks. It. Yeah, and, it looks good. And it looks good, but like I knew, I knew right away. Like to, to this day, when um, my front desk staff is like, I think we should do this. I think we should. I go, that's a good idea. Uh, well, how should I go, however you think it yes. needs to look, make, yeah, it, make it make it happen. It happen. <laughs> right? Absolutely. However you think it needs to look, because you know it's like I I, I know how my brain works, but that's yeah. I know that. <clears throat> Their brain is better suited for, of course, making this look <laughs> yes. the right way, right? Yeah,
0: uh, and th- I, this is you know something that uh, is of no interest to in me whatsoever. I need a desk and the internet, so I have I can you know my office right. is entirely a laptop and a printer. That's basically my office, right? Um, but my wife, this is important to her. You know, she wants to be part of it. She wants to help with it. And, uh, initially I was a little bit resistant to that and that, that was not the right approach. So <laughs> I have become right. much less resistant. So I think that's what we're doing on Saturday, man. There you go. Going over to the office. What about you? I, I got, got no plans,
1: man. I, I got no plans this weekend for anything. Um, my son's got a basketball game and, and that's it. You know, we, I remember those you know, days, we, uh, you know, our parenting schedule, this is my weekend off.
0: Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, one of them will probably stay over anyway, but, Good. um, but yeah, uh, good. Well, that's good, man. I'm it's supposed to be a nice weekend. I think we're supposed to get decent yeah, weather. I need to clean up my
1: yard. My dog, you know, you know how it is. Once oh, yeah. that first melt, and then you realize what the dog did to the yard. <laughs> oh, right. you're like, oh my god! <laughs> yeah, the snow I hides to Shovel a little. half a truckload of dog crap out of the yard. Yeah. Luckily, I got. There's a common space from my back fence. There's a school behind me, so it's just green space. It's a common space that nobody really uses, mm-hmm. and uh, I
0: just. It's well fertilized. I just chuck it over the (laughs) fence and everything grows
1: back there. Nobody walks back there, so I don't feel bad. Oh, yeah, that's cool.
0: (laughs) All right, man. Well, it was a great, great day. That's good information. Yeah, man. I appreciate it. It's a great way to start a weekend. It is. Yeah. Guys, thank you very much for listening. We appreciate it. Um, I do want to thank my sponsors. I probably forgot to mention that in the beginning, so Sasha will put that in for us. But uh, CCS Group, uh, Cheyenne Wolford, and the Department of Labor, On-Site Consultation Group, Jim Cover. You know, you guys, I appreciate you, and thanks for everything that you've done to help us get this podcast out. Uh, looking forward to some new sponsors, and uh, we've got some other patrons that are interested in supporting the podcast. I appreciate that as well. So everybody have a great weekend. Uh, Aaron and I will be back with you in about a month. If awesome. uh, everything goes right. Right on. Take care. Later. at Media Production.